that to get that. Okay, we're, we need to go live here. All right. Welcome to Dodgers Dogs. Casey Porter joined as I am each and every Monday and Wednesday and Friday. Actually, Sunday night is with Coach Holt usually. But, hey, got Austin Brubaker on the line with us tonight. Lots to talk about. Giolito is off the board. Going to be an exciting show tonight. Mainly, though, what this is going to be is this is going to be a mailbag episode. We've done a lot of prospect talk this week. We've done a lot of hot stove talk as of late. So, Austin, how are you tonight? What's on your mind? Yeah, good evening, Casey. I'm doing really well. Yeah, a lot of times, especially when you and I go live, we kind of get into some really good conversations, some good deep philosophical conversations about the Los Angeles Dodgers, what they are doing. Uh, tonight's going to be a little bit of a different story. We're going to be trying to answer really as many questions from the chat as we possibly can. We know you guys are amazing with that, and you guys have amazing questions. We often aren't always able to get to them. Casey and I have a lot to say in the world of baseball, whether it comes to the Los Angeles Dodgers prospects or with the major league team. So we're happy to do a little bit more of a mailbag episode. But as you mentioned at the start, yeah, Lucas Giolito, who had, we had mentioned during the previous live show as being a target for the Los Angeles Dodgers, is off the board. He signed a two-year $38.5 million deal with the Boston Red Sox. So first off, congratulations to him. And I think that is something where we talked about on the previous show, the Dodgers, if they're going to look after some sort of free agent starter, unless they wanted to go all the way, should try to look for some sort of one-year deal that's going to provide a little bit more roster flexibility and present opportunities for some of these young guys in the future to be able to get a roster spot as well. Uh, so Lucas Giolito is off the board. That isn't as much of a concern as it would be if the Dodgers had missed out on an Otani Yamamoto. As we mentioned before, the Dodgers are in a state of finding, wanting to address wants as opposed to needs. So now it's on to whatever they think is next. Now they can pivot to whatever other pitcher they want. But today, Mostly is about a mailbag with the crowd. We are happy to be joined by a wonderful audience tonight. No doubt about that. Hopefully we get a good crowd going. We've had some wonderful crowds up to this point. Friday nights sometimes are hit or miss, Austin. You never quite know exactly what you're going to get on a Friday because people have things to do, right? So we'll see how the crowd goes. We have a good lobby already. But, yes, Giolito's off the board. And here's what a lot of people I hear say is why not just give all of those innings to the young guys, and I think I think it's pretty obvious that that would be option number one for Austin and I, Emmett Sheehan, Kyle Hurt, Gavin Stone, Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, who, by the way, I'm just telling you, Landon Knack's going to turn heads this year. That would be option number one for us. Here is my drawback from that. Okay, the Dodgers, they didn't go get Shohei Otani, Tyler Glass now, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Margot, for that matter, to send out a whole bunch of rookies to experiment with, right? Does that make sense to you, Austin? Mm -hmm. So my yeah. my drawback is if that's their plan, they keep all of these guys. They keep Nick Frosso. They keep Landon Knack. They keep Kyle Hurt. They keep River Ryan. They keep Gavin Stone. They keep Michael Grove. They keep all these guys with plans of making them the fourth and fifth starter, right? And then 
You know, by a couple of times, one of them goes out and they struggle. Then the next thing you know, the Dodgers are like, you know what? We didn't get Shohei Otani and Tyler Glass now and Yoshinobu Yamamoto to watch a rookie struggle. This isn't a team that we want to experiment with. Let's go get a veteran guy, quad A veteran guy that we at least know what the floor would be. Does that make sense? We, hey, we Maybe the ceiling isn't as high as a Nick Frasso, but at this point we know what the floor of this veteran is going to be. So then if they go get a guy like that and they've kept all of their young guys, now these young guys are stuck in AAA at, with, at the very best, having a role that is bouncing in and out. That's my, big, my biggest concern if the Dodgers don't go and get a fifth starter versus if they went and got a fifth starter at the bar back end type of innings eater guy. If they went and did that, then those guys are going to get traded, and it's guaranteed they're going to have their path to the major leagues. So that is very centric towards the player first. I understand that. I can't get past that. Just That's just who I am. Until these guys make the major leagues, I root for them first. I can't help it. Now, once they make the major leagues, like Ryan Pepio, he's going to make his bag with Tampa Bay, right? He's going to do a good job over there. If the Dodgers ever play – have to face Ryan Pepio in the World Series. I want the Dodgers to kick his ass. He has his major league career. He's already been a major leaguer. He's making his back. He's had his shot. But until they get their chance, while they're still a AAA guy, I root for the player first, and I can't help it. Am I wrong for yeah. that, Austin? No, I don't think so. I think this goes down to a philosophical discussion as far as what the Dodgers should do with the back end of their bullpen we or back end of their rotation, I should say. They have a bunch of young guys that are ready to make their debuts. So one of the options that the Dodgers have, and this goes down to them addressing potential wants, is they do have the ability to trust a lot of these young guys in the rotation. You know that, especially with a lot of the big contracts that are on the book, you're going to need to have at least a couple of these young guys stick in the major leagues or have a bunch of reclamation projects so why not experiment with that the answer as to why you might not experiment with that is because you shined Shohei Otani for the right side of the play cross on to the window got Tyler Glass now you have a bunch of star power and so the question is do you try to create a floor or try to get some sort of super team or use a lot of the young pitchers that you have within the farm system to be able to go get a top end talent as well just add another arm to the rotation there are a lot of different options that the Dodgers could do I think what Casey is expressing right now is we don't want these guys to be stuck in their careers at Oklahoma City just so the Dodgers can hoard all the different prospects or even bouncing back and forth I don't even want that I want them to have a clear major league role whether it be yes, with the because Dodgers these or guys not. are yeah. incredibly talented and they deserve that as well whether that is with the Dodgers or whether the Dodgers are able to use that to go get a Jesus Lazardo go get a Dylan Cease go get a guy that helps the Dodgers go over the top in the World Series pursuit there is a huge difference between the salaries in Oklahoma City and making a major league career and we want the best for these guys as well we've had a lot of chances to do interviews watch these guys kind of with their careers grow up we want the best for the Dodgers we want the best for the players and right now it's a decision as far as what the Dodgers do with the back end of the rotation they could either go get a free agent go get a Sean Manaya, Hung Jin Ryu, go get 
a James Paxton, Frank Montas. Uh, you could go get a guy like that, or you could go ahead and use use some of your pieces to go trade for a little bit of a better to add a little bit more security to your rotation, like a Jesus Lazardo, like a um, like the pitcher from Chicago. Or you can actually use some of the prospects, which I think is something that we would be rooting for. But we would understand if the Dodgers decided to go one of the alternative routes. We just don't want these younger guys, all of these younger guys, to be blocked. Dodgers will need to keep some of them because they're going to have to deal with injuries throughout the season. But we want these guys to get playing time and consistent playing time as well when their opportunity arises. No doubt. Hey, we already have a super chat tonight. Austin, how about that? From Jay. He is one of our super Dodgers daily uh, I don't even see coach Dave's taught me you don't work for people you work with people so I don't even like to call it one of our family like to call it a fan he works with Dodgers Daily so however you want to put that he adds a tremendous amount of value to this Dodgers Daily site both on YouTube and all the comments and all that so Jay with a 9.99 super chat thank you so much Jay who do you think we could get for two of our pitching prospects and Bush or Vargas now when you're talking pitching prospects you're going to have to say either Sheehan or Frasso at the first, right? And then the second level would be, and then a Knack or a River Ryan, right? So I think when you say two of our pitching prospects to get anybody like at a top tier, the type of person, type of player you'd want, it's going to have to be a Frasso or a Sheehan. That's number one. And then number two is then going to have to be a Knack or a River Ryan, that combination there, plus either Miguel Vargas or Michael Bush. I would prefer trading Michael Bush because I think Miguel Vargas is better suited for left field. He has a little bit more defensive versatility, which gives him a better chance to carve a role with the Dodgers at the major league level. So let's say that you trade Michael Bush, Nick Frasso, River Ryan. Then I think if you went down the list and traded, say, one of your catchers, like a Diego Cartaya, I think now you're in the ballpark to get a really, really, really nice either closer, outfielder, or another starting pitcher. I think that's the package. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think you're absolutely right with that. I think I'm just going to take a haul of two of those pitching prospects, probably one of Bush or Vargas, just because there doesn't seem to be a role right now for both of them, if let alone one of them at the major league level for Los Angeles Dodgers. And probably you're going to have to throw in maybe a catching prospect like a Diego Cartaya. I think that could get you a really good either left fielder, one of those corner outfield spots that the Dodgers seem to be targeting, or you could potentially use that to go and fortify some of the rotation. I don't know how close that would be to getting you a Jesus Lizardo. I know that would get you within the discussion, uh, something that Miami would be very, very serious as far as inquiring about, or whether you're talking about another starting pitcher as well. I think with those uh, combination, just those three, that might not be enough to get you to the level of player that you want, although it very well certainly could. Which those three? Are, those would be three really good, really talented players. I think with that, that could potentially get you maybe like a Dylan C. Which three are you talking about? I'm just talking about two pitching prospects and then Vargas or Bush. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're going to have to sweeten the pot on that to get who you want. 
Yeah, and, and that's just adding in another guy. Again, we're not in the room. We're kind of just guessing with this, uh, which is kind of what this trade discussion type deal is. Uh, a lot of discussion or a lot of speculation as far as what there is out there. Um, I think that could get you really close to what you're needing, either a starting pitcher or some sort of left fielder. Or you could do a try to get two guys, try to pair or find a team that has an outfielder as well. I don't think that's going to get you anywhere close to getting a Dylan Cease, Luis Robert type package. But I think you could get another decent outfielder if you wanted to go that route as opposed to the free agent route and you wanted to get an elite starting pitcher. Yep. Okay. So you're looking at Diego Cartaya. You, this is actually a video that I took of Diego Cartaya live. When I took this kind of a cool story, Austin, guess who I was sitting next to? Who's that? His mother and father. And they <laughs> were as nervous as every other set of parents that you would ever see at a t-ball game, a 10-under game. And when he hit this home run, they erupted. It was simply fantastic. Got to talk to her for about an hour and she doesn't speak. You can see him look up into the stands. That's because he's looking at his parents. And I'm, I'm just right next to him. It was a really, really cool experience. And, it, hey, he had been struggling, point blank. Mm-hmm. He struggled last year, and they felt that struggle, just like every other parent does. And when he hit that, you could just feel like the world come off of their shoulder. It was a great experience. Yeah, no, that's a great story. And that's some of the benefit of being able to go to a lot of these games. You get to interact not just with them, but also with their families, with some of their friends, with the people that are closest to them as well. And it's just a great environment to be able to do that. And it's also a good thing to be able to support these guys, even when they are struggling as well, because your support, even if it's just a little, even even though you might not feel like you might be making a difference, can make a difference on a lot of these guys as well. Diego Cartaya still has a ton of talent. He's still some that player that performed really well in 2022 still is in there. It's going to be really cool to see if he is able to unlock that again in 2024. And by the way, he had the best defensive year of his entire career as far as the way he grew calling pitches the way that he started framing, the way that he threw the ball down. This is Dalton rushing that you're seeing right here. And the reason why I showed you these guys is these are the guys you're going to have to give up if you want to go get a Josh Hay. Well, not necessarily a Josh Hader, but a Jesus Lazardo or I think Corbin Burns is probably off the table, but an outfielder like Randy Arozarena or an Anthony Santander. So is, is, is Josh Hader, do you think, is he a realistic target for the Dodgers? We have a question there from Sermon King. Yeah, that's a really good question. So he's a free agent right now. He is the biggest free agent reliever on the board. And there's a big reason for that because he has been a big time reliever, one of the hardest and best throwing left-hander relievers in the game. I think that with the Dodgers where they're at, I think they can be picky as far as how they want to approach this with Josh Hader. He is getting up there in age a little bit. So you have a little bit concern as far as how he will be able to progress in his career relievers don't typically have as long of a shelf life especially relievers that throw quite as hard as he does uh i think with where the dodgers are at right now they could potentially just wait and see how the market goes with him um and then be advantageous or be strategically sound i don't think you need to sign josh Hader to the contract that he wants which seems to be more than edwin diaz's 
five years, yeah. 102 million. I don't think that's smart for an aging reliever. There's even a philosophy that you don't really want to go after and sign relievers to big money deals because of how volatile mm-hmm. they are. So I think with the Dodgers right now, they can be strategic on how they want to operate with this. Um, I Right now, I with what he's asking for, I wouldn't give him that. But if it gets closer to end of January or early February, where you can work out some sort of better deal for the Dodgers, I think that is when you strike. Otherwise, I feel a lot more comfortable with the Dodgers' ability to be able to develop guys. They do have guys that are coming back from injury Mm -hmm. from the bullpen. Blake Trinan, J.P. Fireisen. And they have the ability to find guys and develop guys. I don't think signing a long-term deal immediately to a Josh Hader, as good as he's been, as good as he probably would be for the Dodgers, probably wouldn't be the smartest allocation of resources, especially because that could limit you long-term as far as addressing additional needs in the future. So, uh, bullpen is one of those things where I don't know if I would spend a ton of resources on that, especially multiple year resources. Perhaps you disagree and let me know. Yeah. Let us know down in the comments as well. Uh, that's just kind of my initial thoughts with that. So another part of that, too, is as you know, time goes on, it's being kind of metrically proven that the biggest three outs of a game, Austin, aren't always the last three outs. Sometimes the biggest three outs of the game, we saw this with Evan Phillips a couple of years ago, can be three outs in the sixth inning because you're trying to get through that lineup for the third time. A guy gets on base, you have a one-run lead, and then all of a sudden you get out of that sixth inning and and put a four spot up in the seventh, and now all of a sudden the eighth and ninth innings are a lot easier than the sixth innings because you put up a zero in the sixth. Okay, so when you look at... Uh, Daniel Hudson, first of all, he's on a minor league contract. If he can come back from his knee injuries, we know how good he is. Okay, but then you have J.P. Fireisen come back. They coming back. They kept him around for a reason, and that's because they believe in this guy. Then you have Blake Trining coming back. You have Evan Phillips, Bruised Argraterol, Michael Grove, Kyle Hurt, Emmett Sheehan, Nick Frasso, Landon Knack, and I, I miss uh, Gus Farland, Ricky Venasco. And then that's before you even get to your left-handers. This is a bullpen that already is very loaded. Now, if you want to say, well, they don't have that quote-unquote closer, my answer to that is at this point, they don't need a closer for the regular season. This team, if they play as good as they are possibly, uh, as good as they are capable of playing, are going to win 90 to 95 games with, with whoever at closer, with their eyes closed, basically. So you don't need a closer for the regular season, per se. Where you might need a closer is in a postseason playoff scenario. We'll see. But I still think that the Dodgers, they are better off placing their 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 best, most high-leverage pitchers to get what they feel like are the biggest three outs, not necessarily the last three outs. So from that perspective, it does not make sense for me to go out and get a Josh Hader, especially considering you don't even know how he's going to fit in the clubhouse. You don't know how he's going to handle all the pressure he has. You have no idea what Josh Hader actually is going to give you you because there is so much pressure. And the thing about being a relief guy, and you see this with these minor league guys, if you just give up, say, a four spot in one outing, it takes you like two months to get your stats back to, to looking 
to looking even just kind of representable. Ryan Sublette was that guy. Ryan Sublette put up a million zeros for Tulsa, then gave up like a seven spot in a, in one inning. All of a sudden, he has an ERA of five. And then you're trying to dig out of that for like two months. If that happens to you on a new team and a team with Shohei Otani on it, and you just signed an overpay for a contract, I promise you, you start pressing and things don't good for, go for there. So there's the floor to that. The ceiling to that is it helps you win how many more games in the regular season? Three or four, maybe, right? I mean, it, it, I mean, the ceiling would be it would be upside for getting very important outs in the postseason, especially against left-handed hitters. That would be the upside of what you would be trying to get. But I don't think you have to address the relief position. As you stated, in the regular season, how many wins is that can get you? probably not a whole lot in the regular in season the difference of wins during the regular season which means that you don't have to address this during the offseason you could see what kyle hurt is able to bring which we saw during last season talk about about having one of if not the highest strikeout percentage in all of minor league baseball we believe that this guy whether he's put in the starter or a relief p- position can be electric and could be a guy that the Dodgers turn to in the bullpen. Perhaps you want to see if he can be good. And if he's good, he's not going to be making 20 million per year. He's going to be making the league minimum for a couple of years before he hits arbitration with a lot of these guys. And especially with bullpen and because a lot of guys are coming back from injury, this could be something that can be addressed at the trade deadline. That often is a lot of what the trade deadline is. It's re getting a lot of guys from a bullpen from some teams that might be struggling because that gives you an idea who of who's doing well during the season. And it doesn't, it doesn't cost as much as far as prospect wise. And it gives you an opportunity to see how your bullpen is right now. So if Josh Tater is going to be making 20 million per year, I don't know if that is the best contract to give out right now during the offseason, unless you are very confident that over the next five plus years or however long it's going to be, he's going to continue to be the best left-handed reliever. And you believe that unless you have to get those outs versus left-handed hitters in the lineup in the playoff setting, whether that is Matt Olson of the Atlanta Braves, whether that is some other important left-handed hitter, um, that is when you can make the argument. But I don't think you have to get Josh Hader right now to help win the World Series. I think this can be something where you can be strategic if you're able to get some sort of good, reasonable deal and you feel like he's going to help you push you over the top in the World Series, then you can go ahead and you're going to go ahead and give him a multi-year contract. But right now with where the Dodgers are at, I don't think they have to get Josh Hader. You just saw Gus Far. You saw Kyle Hurt first, then Gus Farland. Those are two guys. You saw, did you see that 97 on Gus's first pitch that had that arm side run to it? I replayed it two or three times. So his stuff is metrically off the charts. So is Kyle Hurts, Blake Trinan. So if, if you're saying, well, those guys are unproven, I get it. I understand. Hey, trust me. I understand. But I think the Dodgers are going to have enough wiggle room to use guys like that to see what they can do because they're going to be so good. So this is Blake Trinan. So if Blake Trinan gets back to the form that he was at, what, two, three years ago? So you have Blake Trinan, Bruzdar Gratterall, Evan Phillips for the last three innings. Now, I would have to say that would I, maybe every team in the major leagues would love to have that scenario 
to get the last nine outs of a game or last yeah last nine outs of a game talking about Trinan, Gratterall and Evan Phillips and then that doesn't even count all of your wild card type guys let's say that you say Michael Grove Kyle Hurt Gus Varland JP Fireisen Nick Frosso Landon Knack all these guys maybe even an Emmett Sheehan all these guys are let's say they're wild cards because you don't know exactly what you're going to get from them because they are young I totally agree with that you still have Blake Trinan, who is probably going to be pretty good. You have the possibility of Daniel Hudson. Yancy Almonte is, hey, we said volatile for, for relievers. It's the up and down train. He had a down year last year. He's due for a good year. Yancy Almonte, there's nothing to say that he won't return to his 2022 form and be lights out again, right? There's nothing to say that Alex Vesia won't be lights out again like he was in 2022. That's the up-down train and the volatility of relievers. I'm not saying they will, but odds actually would be in favor of Almonte and Vesia having good years this year. There's a reason why the Dodgers have continued to invest in Vesia. They let Victor Gonzalez go. And don't forget, Caleb Ferguson was still trying to come off of injury and get back in a groove. He's a guy that's really hard on himself. So coming having that full year under his belt, he threw it a lot of high-leverage situations and you could tell mentally he was uncomfortable in certain different scenarios. I think that goes out the window this year because he has that full year under his belt. So there's nothing to say that Caleb Ferguson won't be a lot more comfortable this year. And we already know his stuff is incredible. And then Caleb Ferguson could be lights out too. I think there's a lot of scenarios to play out before you go out and, and you you sign a big contract for, for your bullpen. So I would totally agree with you on that so anything else you want to add to that austin hey great question yeah. sermon king and again this is a mailbag edition yeah. we want to make this uh centered towards all of your questions yeah and we will get to a lot of the comments as well i know there's been a lot of comments that we have not gotten to as well i think this question also comes down to and i think a really important point is where do you want to put your financial resources as well. As much money as the Dodgers could and can spend, they can't spend all of their money. They're going to have to have guys that are on cheaper deals in order to accommodate for a lot of the superstars. Now, Shohei Otani certainly helps with that, and that was an unexpected benefit of the contract that he signs, but not every single player is going to get a type of contract like that. And so if you spend $20 million on Josh Hader, perhaps you're not able to spend that $20 million in starting pitching during the future to get another bat. So you have to be strategic on how you want to accommodate your resources. I don't know if bullpen is the best place to accommodate those resources. So that's kind of my final thoughts with that. Super excited about the video that we released last night on all of the actual Austin Gothier actually is in the top 30. He snuck in there at 30. We had a comment. I, I kind of thought I, I, that just slipped by me. So I do apologize for that with Austin. We said he was not in the Dodgers top 30, but he did slip in at number 30. So congratulations to him. Excited about the, the video that we released yesterday which were all the prospects that you need to know about that aren't on the top 30 prospect list. I'll put the link in that in the chat here in a second. Super excited about the the prospect video we're going to release next week, which is the Dodgers top 10 prospects. We're going for the jugular next week, Austin. That of course we like all the un, we like all of the unsung guys too because we see how good they are. We want them to get the recognition, but we love doing the top 10 prospects too. So 
Each week, there's either going to be either two interviews or some type of two prospect videos each week, whether it be a combination of a prospect feature or a theme or an interview, something like that. And next week, it's going to be Taylor Young, T.Y., the young man that was so terrific for the Loons. And then we're going to do the Dodgers' top 10 prospects. So super excited about our prospect coverage next week. So let's get to some more comments here. TN says, overpay. The opt-out for a reclamation project kills the value in having two years. I, whenever, whenever you're talking about reclamations, I like the one-year prove-its. Of course, the market right now for like a Giolito tells you that there aren't very many one guys that will accept a one-year contract really at this point. But the reclamation projects, how, how deep would you go there years-wise, Austin? Yeah, that's a really good question, especially with guys that you don't feel comfortable with. Giving multiple year deals for that can be a little bit scary for organizations because it handcuffs you as far as your ability, not just for next year, but also for future years as well. And we've seen that with a lot of organizations get handcuffed by a lot of these multiple year deals, which is why I think both Casey and I have been talking a lot about one year type deals for this starting pitcher. If you're going to get one that can fill in a lot of innings from the free agent market, you want to go ahead and get a guy that's going to be able to still provide you with some flexibility doesn't have to be a high upside type guy because you have a lot of high upside type guys that will fill out your playoff rotation. You do have some depth with that, but you don't want to handcuff yourself. Let's say that an MHGN breaks out this season for the Los Angeles Dodgers, but you signed a guy to a multiple year deal. Does that limit your ability to use Emmett Sheehan versus this guy because you're paying, you might be paying a free agent a lot of money for multiple years? That could be a question that you have. Now, if you want to go over the top and say, let's go out and get another big-time starting pitcher like a Jordan Montgomery or a Shoto Imanaga, that's a different argument because then you're expecting him to be a foundational piece in the rotation for years to come. And then you can use some of the prospects to go ahead and get some other areas in need, like an outfielder, like some bullpen help. So I guess the overpay question it has to determine as far as are you looking for a, uh, a pitcher who can kind of be like a reclamation project, in which case I wouldn't overpay for that, especially in years. Maybe you give them a little bit more money for the one-year deal. I think that for a reclamation project, I prefer one year. Or if you're looking for a guy who can be there for many years, like a Jordan Montgomery or like a Shota Minaga, or if you want to go to the trade route to go get a Lazardo, go get a Dylan Cease, a guy like that, go get even a Corbin Burns would be in a category where there I could see a realistic argument as far as overpaying. So that's that's kind of the debate for a reclamation. I wouldn't overpay because I don't think you I think you just need innings from that reclamation type project for this upcoming season to get you through the season if you don't want to trust your young guys or if you want to overpay to get another quality starter just to add more depth to this rotation i think that's when you do that it's kind of funny this is emmett sheehan and i was about five feet away from him and emmett knows who i am and i'm like dude this is going to be kind of uncomfortable i'm, I'm sorry bro i mean but you got to understand, Dodgers fans are. See, he looked right there. You can tell, and it's like Dodgers fans are going to see this video. Okay, they they love seeing these guys close up. So, 
just give me a case. Oh, man, no problem. I think I probably was more uncomfortable. I felt like kind of a stalker, you know. I think I was probably more uncomfortable than he was. But, yeah, it's, but so my point is, you know, with the reclamation guy, why not just throw Emmett Sheehan out there? Why not just throw Nick Frosso out there, land a knack and throw it in the oven and see if it bakes and, and go from that perspective? The, again, the, the issue there is, Will the Dodgers, will they stick loyal to that? Will they stay loyal to that? They 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 stayed loyal to James Outman. They stayed loyal to Miguel mm-hmm. Vargas. You know, they stayed loyal to Bobby Miller. They they stayed loyal to Bob. Of course, Ryan Pepio didn't give them a chance to not stay loyal to him. So we'll see. If you were to tell me the Dodgers are going to let Emmett Sheehan work through his problems, come hell or high water, they're going to make him the fifth starter for this team, whether he's good or terrible, he's going to get a certain amount of starts to prove himself no matter what, I would say, hell yes, let's freaking go, right? Yeah. If you could promise me that, no doubt about it. But that's not necessarily always been the Dodgers' track record. So yeah, let, no, let, me, let us know ha- what you think. I know this is a mailbag episode where we're answering your questions, but in the lobby, what do you think? Would you rather have the, the young guns? Would you rather have them fill in all those inning-eater-type innings, or or do you trust the organization to, to have patience to do that? Or would you rather go get a quad A veteran type guy that has a higher floor? Which one would you rather have? Let's get back into some more questions. TN, those are some wonderful questions. Benji, good evening. Benji says, hi, everyone. And he asked, is Shota Imanaga a possibility as a back-end starter? I have my thoughts. I'll let you have first shots at it, Austin. Yeah, I I think with that, uh, obviously Shota Imanaga is one of – he's the other – pitcher from Japan, free agent, left-handed pitcher out there, probably going to get like a five-year, maybe 80 to $100 million-ish. At least that seems to be what some of the estimates are. Uh, with Shota Imanaga, he doesn't have the upside of a Yoshinobu Yamamoto, but he still is a very good quality pitcher out there. I think he has... I, I honestly don't know too much about him to say whether the Dodgers should certainly go uh, after him or not. I know Mike has a lot more opinion as far as whether going after Shota Imanaga. Uh, I think he would be a good quality option. The issue that you have to understand with that is you're giving up years or giving up options as far as you're starting some of the young guys with the starting pitchers to where – you would probably have to trade a good portion of your young starting pitchers as well. So if that is the plan, if you believe that Shota Imanaga can be a number three, number four, even a number five type starter, I think he could possibly fit into that role. He's going to take years. He's going to take money. But with that, I think it would still be an exciting thing for the Dodgers to do. And he would fit into this rotation, be able to fill in some innings there. So I don't know kind of what your thoughts are on Shota Imanaga, Casey, or what the thoughts of the audience, the crowd is as well? I would say that is probably not an option, and the reason is you're getting Shoya Tani back next year, right? You're getting Dustin May back at some time this year. You're going to want to have the ability to re-sign Walker Buehler next year if he has a good year. You're getting Tony Gonsolin back, and then Clayton Kershaw, there's a good chance the Dodgers could sign him to a two-year contract just to relieve some of the pressure. Does that make sense? That is definitely a possibility. So to go get a show to Imanaga, all right, you're going to have to sign him to five years. It's going to be somewhere around $20 million a year. Instead of doing that, I think they would go get somebody like a Hinjin Ryu 
and go to a shorter term and just kind of make it more of a stopgap inning eater type of guy. And a reason why I say that is I think that would allow them the flexibility. They are going to have to have flexibility this time next year because they're going to have an overflow of starting pitcher options, of awesome starting pitchers. Think about what it could be like next year, Austin. Shohei Otani, Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, Tyler Glass now, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Nick Frosso, Landon Knack. River Ryan's going to have to be on the 40-man roster this time next year, right? Okay, that's 10 starters. Kyle Hurt, that's 11 starters that could all be top-end type pitchers at the major league level. So if you go add another Shota Imanaga, unless you think he is like a number one or a number two, to add him to a five-year contract, which removes all of that roster flexibility, I don't see that as being a real smart move for the Dodgers. But, hey, if they did it, I guess I would trust them. Am I making any sense there? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think this also goes to another question, especially with a lot of speculations and rumors about Roki Sasaki potentially being available next year. He is one of the elite, really young pitchers from Japan who would be instantly become a number one, number two type starter. Do the Dodgers, are they thinking forward and potentially about targeting him? Let's say that they are serious about going after Sasaki and Imanaga. Let's say that you're trying to get all of these guys from Japan next season that would make that would leave you with a rotation let's say that you don't even go after and re-sign a Bueller you don't go after and re-sign a Kershaw that would leave you with Glass now Otani Yamamoto that would leave you with Imanaga that would get you Sasaki and then Bobby Miller would be in the mix you're crowding your rotation a little bit that would be that would be absolutely sick to be able to have that so maybe that is what the Dodgers could be thinking, in which case there's not going to be any room for a lot of these young guys. You would have to trade them in order to get some type of return, either that is young positional players. That would be an absolute sick rotation. It would also be really crowded, and that wouldn't leave the opportunity for a lot of these young guys to prove themselves. So that limits your options, especially if you want to go after Sasaki next season. Or you can just say, no, we want to do that. We want to have a six-man rotation with all of those guys in it. Let's just go for it. I think that's the option that the Dodgers could potentially play. Um, I just don't know if they are wanting to have that roster flexibility, wanting Emmett Sheehan to be able to prove himself at the major league level, or they're thinking about having Walker Buehler resign, which I don't know if they, they are planning to resign Walker Buehler with how much uh, how crowded the rotation could possibly mean next season. I think Shota Imanaga is an option. It would be it would be intriguing to see mm-hmm. if the Dodgers decide to do that, especially with now you have Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Perhaps this becomes a factory for developing or getting talent from Japan over here. That I think that Japan has a ton of talent oh gosh, in baseball. Yes. That could be something that the Dodgers could do. I it would just crowd out a lot of different things. So I think you have to be strategic as far as how you want to plan forward and understand that, especially for a lot of these young guys, it's just going to crowd the room a little bit with starting pitching options. I'll say this. If the Dodgers think Shota Imanaga is better than Emmett Sheehan, Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, River Ryan, and Kyle Hurt, if they think that he is better than those guys, 
then they'll go get him. It's that mm-hmm. simple. And he will be a Dodger, okay? If they don't think that he's better than those guys, then they won't go get him. So it's literally going to come down to that. What I can tell you, I haven't seen a whole lot of Shota Imanaga. Very, very, very good pitcher. Left-handed, exactly. You know, the Dodgers don't have a lefty. I have expressed, though, I don't necessarily want to get a left-hander just to say you have a left-hander. I want the best pitchers, the best arms that you can get, and then let it fall from there. See, just kind of let the chips fall where they may at that point. So I haven't seen a whole lot of show to Imanaga, but I do know that that Emmett Sheehan rides that 98-99 mile-an-hour fastball uh, at the top end, not sitting 98-99. We saw Gus Farland ride. Hey, Emmett Sheehan's is just like that. Landon Knack, I'm telling you, man, he's in the best shape of his life. Watch out. Nick Frasso can get has hit 100 miles an hour many different occasions with about seven-foot extension, okay? And so he has a ridiculous fastball, good off-speed. River Ryan, I can tell you, he's a rock star. He hit 99 miles an hour with his fastball. So Shota Imanaga will have to be really, really, really talented to be better than those guys. But if the Dodgers think that he is better than those guys, then he will be in this rotation. It is literally that simple. Yeah, if they feel like he's going to provide the best value, then go after Shota Imanaga. If you feel like he's going to help put you over the top to get a World Series, then go get Shota Imanaga. We're not saying don't go after him at all. We're just saying that you have the ability and you you know what you have in the system as well. You have to weigh the cost of is going after Shota Imanaga going to be smart, both in the short term and in the long term as far as the health of this rotation. And it very well might be. So I think that could be an option, something to look out for as the Dodgers pursue adding some more guys to this rotation or at least adding another arm to this rotation. Yeah, I love that. Dustin May is Darren Dreifert. That is such a great comparison. Who did that? I just saw that just a minute ago. I'll get down to to who, who said that. We're, we're going to give a shout-out to to whoever said that here in a minute. And, hey, Darren Dreifert grew up in Wichita. I saw him all the way growing up. He played at Wichita State with two guys that are from Guthrie that I get to see probably once a week. And, and Toby Smith, who actually ended up playing AAA baseball in the Royals system. And then Joey Jackson, who was the second baseman for Wichita on three. Well, they all played on those Wichita State teams with Eric Wedge. You remember the Eric Wedge, who was the manager of the Indians? They played with him at Wichita State in the early 90s when Wichita State just had it rolling. I know all this because Wichita State and OSU was a huge rivalry. They were both like in the College World Series every year. They were both fantastic. They were both reeling out major leaguer after major leaguer. So my memories of Darren Dreifer were, it was weird because he came from my most, you know, of course, OU is the most hated rival for OSU, but in baseball, it's weird. Wichita State always has been because they've always been better than OU, that kind of thing. Okay, so it was weird with Dreifert for me because I hated him at Wichita State, and then he became a Dodger, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I, how do I get this Dodger blue to get, get over the fact that I hate Darren Dreifert, right? So I, every time I hear his name, I just giggle inside because he was just such a quandary for me. And that guy, Darren Dreifert, by the way, and I won't get off on a tangent here, but we do have an hour and a half, right? So might as well tell a story. While he was at Wichita State, broke his leg, broke his leg and played the rest of the College World Series and continued to pitch. That dude was one of the toughest human beings that I have ever seen. 
Darren Dreifert was awesome. So yes, from a from a baseball perspective, there is a lot, you know, tall and angular, that kind of thing, kind of funky motions. If Dustin May proves to be as mentally and physically tough as Darren Dreifert, then then boy, we're in for something. But yeah, that that's a good combo. We'll get back down to that because I, I love I love that that comment. That is an absolutely great uh that is a great comparison there. Okay, how many years of control does Emmanuel Classe have? That is from Sermon King. He has three, and he is very good. So that tells you right yeah. there that that would take an absolute haul to get him. Right, Austin? Yeah, no, he has three. So he signed, a believe, some sort of Five deal years. with the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Uh, right now, he has three years of control. Yeah. He also has, in 2027 and 2028, a $10 million yeah. club option. So if he's as good as he is, or at least has shown to be, the team would pick up that deal, pick up that option as well. So then you were really kind of thinking of it as an upside of five years of control for Emmanuel Class A, which is why he's going to take a haul and why you have to strongly consider is going after him or going after a reliever, the best case to use a lot of your prospects. But yeah, Emmanuel Class A, you're going to have him for three, possibly five years as well, if you want him for five years, which there's a lot of upside to that. Good evening, John. John is one of our wonderful Dodger dailies. When he says, when are we going to use some of our 26-year-old prospects to get us Burns, our right-handed batting left fielder, or sign Teoscar Hernandez? Good question. I have been screaming that from the mountaintop. That is a win-win for everybody. You, it's going to take like a Frasso, a Knack, a combination of those two, or a Frasso and a Ryan. And then I do. I, I think a lot of teams, one of the first names – that actually can force the first name that comes up is Emmett Sheehan, right? And then I think the second name that comes up, because everybody already knows Bobby Miller's off the books, forget it, Bobby Miller's just a no-go. Don't even ask the name or we're going to hang up the phone, right? Because this is a ridiculous negotiation if you even mention Bobby Miller. That's kind of how that goes. But the second name, I think you'd be surprised. If not the first name, I think I think it's probably tied is Kyle Hurt. I'm telling you, teams want Kyle Hurt. Kyle Hurt is that freaking good. His stuff is that dominant. And so, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I, I've been it'll be interesting to see which way they go. The Dodgers, if if it if their track record plays true, they'll sit on these guys. They'll hoard them and they'll make them and they'll make them and they'll make them depth, quad A depth for this next year to help bolster the team. And that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we're trying to avoid because I think the Dodgers would be better either playing these guys and getting them ready. I think that would be healthy for them in the near and long term because of how talented these guys or they can use them to go after a trade piece, as mentioned, to get either a right handed corner outfielder, which they need or to go after and get a starting pitcher that would be really good like a Corbin Burns I think he would help put this rotation really over the top instead of going after perhaps a reclamation project let's go out and get another starter just in case there's some sort yeah. of injury or let's say let's say we want to help with the process of getting Yoshinobu Yamamoto acclimated to the major league level you could use your resources after that uh, and I think that is a realistic possibility right now I think where the Dodgers are at they got their main wishes they got two number one type yes. starting pitchers they also got Shohei Otani they got what they needed 
And so now they are in a position where they might sit back and wait. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a they are going to make a move immediately. I think it could be they might sit back, wait, see how some of the chips fall, and then strategically strike when available. I think that is something where it might be a couple of weeks. It could be tomorrow. It very well could be. Don't know what's going on in the room, but it also could be take some time in order for the Dodgers to make a move because they don't have to make a move right now. They could roll with the roster that they have right now, get some of these young guys, these 26-year-old veterans, some opportunities at the big league level. Um, But right now, the Dodgers, I I think they will make some sort of trade, especially if they want to add some guy for through free agency. And then you're talking about there's not really a lot of other guys that you would consider DFAing. So I think a trade will happen probably at some point, whether that's for a pitcher starter, I would say it's probably starter over reliever, although possibly a reliever as well, or if that's after another bat for the outfield, I think that will come at some point. I don't know when exactly though. They're watching Kyle Hurd, and he just threw a nasty changeup, by the way, Austin. I haven't put the virtual camera on, so you can see it. No need, really, for you to see this at this point. But, yeah, I, I think that, I think you're exactly right, Austin. I think the DFA thing's over. I think Brian Hudson was it. I, they're not going to DFA Ricky Venasco. I would be shocked if they DFA Gus Farland. That dude, we just saw Gus Farland a minute ago. His stuff is it's awesome, man. I mean, just, he just needs opportunity, right? Okay, so I think the DFA thing's over. So I think everything at this point is going to come. If the Dodgers, here's why there's, like you said, a good chance the Dodgers might just sit still and and just kind of live with what they have at this point. And that's because just what you just said, they don't want to DFA anybody they already have on the roster. And so at that point, it's going to take a trade. Trades are complicated for both sides to get everything that they want to feel like it's fair. You know, the best trade that I can remember was the one that sent – uh, that sent Donovan Casey and Cabert Ruiz. And I, there was one other guy, I can't remember, oh, the, the pitcher, uh, JoJo, sent sent them to the Nats, and the Dodgers got back Scherzer and Trey Turner. That was an awesome trade. Those type of trades take a while, though. And keep in mind, okay, we did tell you that the Dodgers were going to have to shift from being trade deadline-type mentality because there's too many teams that are in the race. You're looking at Kyle Hurt here, by the way. There's too many teams that are in the race right now. And so trade deadline, nobody's really out of it. So nobody, you don't know who the buyers and sellers are are at this point. So we did tell you the Dodgers were going to have to pivot. And then instead of being a trade deadline team, be a trade team in the offseason, we have seen that. Having said that, okay, there's nothing to say that you can't try these young guys at the beginning of the year, see how it goes, and then make a trade in June. Right. I mean, there's nothing to say that you don't do that, too. So there's a lot of different options. And you said it, Austin, we can't drive this home enough. If there's anything that we're saying tonight that sticks, that is 100 percent fact, it is that the Dodgers are in a position of want and not in a position of need. They 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 ended the position of need with glass now and Yamamoto. And so now they don't have to do anything which means they can be choosy, they can be picky, or they can be nothing. They can do whatever they want so they can be patient. This puts them back into their comfort zone. You know, they went out of their comfort zone to go get a glass now. They went out of their comfort zone to sign the length of a contract to Shohei Otani. 
right? They went out of their comfort zone to go 12 years on Yamamoto. They have gone out of their comfort zone, so then now they can get back in their comfort zone and be the Dodgers the way that they like to operate their front office. They will not deviate from that from here on out. So if it is a trade scenario, it's going to be like that one with the Nats to where both sides are getting exactly what they want. Yeah, and it can be in a position on the Dodgers' terms as well. And it could be something where they might be waiting out. Perhaps Milwaukee is not comfortable trading Corbin Burns right now, but they could be after after Blake Snell, after Shota Imanaga, after Jordan Montgomery signs. Then maybe they might be in a position to trade him. Or for like a Randy Rosarena, perhaps the Rays are not comfortable with trading him right now. Give it a month or so because I think he would be somebody that would fit with what the Dodgers want. Maybe they would be a little bit more comfortable or would come around to some of the guys that the Dodgers might offer. I think the Dodgers have a little bit of time right now because they don't have to make a move. But should we get back to some of the chat right now? No doubt. we just got another super chat. We've got another super chat from Jason Soretti. If you can't see, I'm smiling ear to ear. Austin and I, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't like to toot our own horn or anything like that. I hope it doesn't come off like that. But point blank, we work our asses off on this channel to bring you. Of course, we enjoy it, too. So don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like we do it because we. If the second that we stop enjoying this, right, okay, is the second we stop doing it. So we enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But still having said that, we work our asses off. The video that you see here, the just the, the understanding of how the operations work, we really work our asses off to get all this content to you. So when people show appreciation for what you do, Austin, it brings a smile to your face, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it definitely brings a smile to our face. It brings a smile just to see how much support we've gotten, especially over the past month or so. Part of that has to do with Shohei Otani. So thank you <laughs> and to Yoshi, Shohei. Yeah. For- for the and for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, certainly that's going to help. But I think this just shows with the groundwork of especially what Casey's been able to do for years now with this channel, and then both of us be having an understanding of these guys, especially in the farm system, getting acclimated to the culture, being able to talk to a lot of these guys. So we just really appreciate it. But should we get to what the super chat actually said? Thank you, Jason, very, very much. You brought a smile to our face, no doubt about it. Jay, thank you so much. And everybody in the lobby, thank you so much. I love the kids, and I want to see us fill out the roster with them. Thanks to the developmental system, and let the big Dodger in the sky for all we are blessed with here. No doubt about it. Tommy Lasorda came to Oklahoma in 2015 when the, to throw out the first pitch when Oklahoma City officially became the, the Oklahoma City Dodgers for the very first game as a Dodgers affiliate. Got to meet him. That was super cool. Not the coolest story I have about Tommy Lasorda, though. Okay, when Ogden used to be the, the rookie league affiliate for the Dodgers, Tommy Lasorda, if you if if you remember, he he managed for Ogden for quite a while in the system. And he just absolutely for some reason, you know, sometimes you go to a spot on Earth, Austin, you just love it. It just sticks to you. You ever done that before? Yeah. Okay, so Ogden was that that place for Tommy Lasorda. He would go back every summer to Ogden, and he just loved being there. And so Austin Chubb, you know Austin pretty well, right? Yeah. Okay, he was managing Ogden in 2019. Andy Pajes, John Littell, uh, James Altman, uh, Braden Fisher, I mean, all the names that you know now, Michael Grove, all of them, they were all on that 2019 team. They were awesome. 
Okay, so Austin Chubb is, is managing that team. And guess who shows up in the clubhouse? Tommy Lasorda. Right? And Tommy Lasorda <laughs> knew every single player's name. Keep in mind, this was the rookie league, the Pioneer League. Okay? He knew every single player's name. He knew if they were two for three last night. He knew if they were on a two-week swing. He knew if they were on a two-week slump. He knew all the coaches' names. He knew Austin Chubb's name. And he came into the, the clubhouse, and he put his feet up on the desk, and he just sat around like he was one of the boys. And he knew everybody there, and he treated everybody else exactly like – that's the environment he wanted. He wanted to go to an environment where he was just another dude, right? And everybody else there was like, that, 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 that's Tommy Lasorda. Well, those deal. I mean, Austin said I could barely even talk to him. And then a couple minutes in, he was just like, hey, I was just like talking to one of the dudes. So Tommy Lasorda, maybe, of course, there's a lot of them. I, I hate to ever use the best, but certainly one of the best Dodgers of all time. So I'm, I'm done with my story. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I certainly enjoy that. Yeah, you're, the Dodgers are still feeling the ramifications for the impact that Tommy Lasorda left on this organization. He left such a good legacy and helped build the foundation for what the Dodgers have right now. You mentioned not just at the major league level, but also at the minor league level. He spent time visiting Midland, yep. Michigan, a city of 40,000 for the Los Angeles Dodgers affiliate, the Great Lakes Loons, too. He spent some time out there interacting with people. Uh, he left a legacy for the Dodgers and helped build this foundation where the Dodgers are able to make the moves right now. Building the foundation of your organization, not just at the major league level, but throughout your system, whether that's through scouting, whether that's through player development, the farm system, whether that's through all sorts of different avenues is really important. Tommy Lasorda paid attention to every one of those aspects. So the, we can't say how un, the Dodgers can't say enough of how much they appreciate what Tommy Lasorda was able to do. I could talk about Tommy Lasorda all day. And I don't think Dodgers fans would ever, ever get tired of hearing at the skit with the Philly fanatic where the, have you seen that? Oh, that is this. The, oh yeah. That, oh yeah. You never convinced me that Tommy Lasorda wasn't actually pissed. He was pissed. I'm sorry. He was. <laughs> oh yeah, and and with uh, UP in Montreal getting the mascot ejected too. Oh yeah, no. There's a there's a lot of classic things that even though I never had the privilege to meet Tommy Lasorda or watch him manage the Los Angeles Dodgers, there's still impacts of his legacy and a lot of funny moments too that you can go ahead and watch on YouTube. I assure you too, and I know this for a fact. Every single player, manager, trainer, you name it in the Dodgers system, they play for his honor. They play for his honor, period, in a discussion. His name comes up every day in the dugout with every club. They, they play to his honor. That's, that's how awesome Tommy Lasorda is. That's how much he means to the Dodger Blue. And he truly bled. He truly bled Dodger Blue. Hey, talk about a smile on our face. Mike, our residential catcher, coming through with a $50, a $50 Super Chat. Holy cow, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get through this without my voice cracking, Austin. This is simply fantastic. And, by the way, super exciting. Mike is on the J-O-B. All the guys, uh, Austin Beck, and uh, I, I can't even remember the young international uh, infielder's name that we just signed. And then, um, oh, uh, Chris Matt, Nabil Chris Matt. He is on the yeah. J-O-B. We are going to have a vid next week. As soon as he stops chasing fires, man, they've had floods and fire. Mike's a fireman, and he has just been absolutely swamped 
actually doing work that matters, saving people's lives, right? So let's salute Mike for that, first and foremost. What an awesome deal it is to, to serve to serve as a firefighter and to save people's lives. That's incredible enough how it is. But he is on the J-O-B, and he is going to, if you want to know about all of the new guys the Dodgers have picked up in the system, that is coming very quickly with a video from Mike that we're going to get together and do. And, by the way, Austin, I'm going to get Dodgers Daily hoodies, Dodgers Daily trucker hats, and Dodgers Daily polos. You're going to get one of each. Coach Holt's going to get one of each. And Mike is going to get one of each as well. And if I still have enough money left over, I might get one for me too, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so uh, super cool. That's coming down the line. I want to thank Mike so much. He has a great comment here. Reading Mariners might give up Castillo. Grab him, pick up a hitting outfielder, and call today. What do you think, Austin? Yeah, I'd have to do a little bit more of research as far as that. As far as Luis Castillo, if that's the uh, the starting pitcher that they are at, Luis Castillo would be absolutely phenomenal, and he's one of those frontline starting pitchers. I don't really know what the Mariners' plans for this offseason has been. It seems like they've been getting rid of some guys. They got rid of Jared Kalanick in that trade with Atlanta. If they are planning to get rid of Luis Castillo, I think he's one of those guys the Dodgers should very seriously consider targeting or using a lot of the prospect capital that you have to get him. He's 31. Yeah. He has been an ace-type starter. No trade cost for 24 and 2025. Yes. Uh, yeah, so with uh, with Luis Castillo, I, I hadn't thought about that, so I haven't – spent a lot of time doing a lot of research into that but that could be an option but no mike thank you for everything that you've done with dodgers daily and will continue to do you are a part of this family and Big what you part. do as a far as a fireman we can't thank you enough for what you do going out and making a real difference in the lives of other people you are a family you are a part of this dodgers daily community a very important part you do a lot of work you've been on videos you've done some uh, you've done some actual write-ups and done some Wonderful. articles for us as well. Definitely go check them out. Very much appreciate of that. Yeah, and hopefully I'm going to talk them into going to however many Rancho Cucamonga games I can talk them into and getting some great video from those games as well. He got his camera. He got his microphone. He's ready to go. So whatever he is willing to to go and and get for Dodgers Daily, and I know he does some work for Tim Rogers at Dodgers 2082, Tim and I cross over quite a bit with our coverage, and I know Mike is. I know Mike probably has spent a lot of time with Tim at Rancho Games. Tim is such a wonderful human being and such a wonderful Dodger. And Tim is he was you know he was the first one Austin to reach out to me whenever I started this about three years ago and say hey I love your coverage. Would you like doing some some collaborative work? So I I have Tim Rogers to thank for a lot of people getting to recognize who I am. Because through using his, you know, him, him recommending my name and, and kind of using his platform from time to time, it has really helped platform, uh, plat uh, catapult me uh, and Dodgers Daily into a position where other people find out about it. So I'm forever indebted to Tim Rogers, uh, wonderful uh, uh, young man. And so we did. So definitely go over to Dodgers 2080. I know Mike does a lot of work for him. They do just incredible work. I know Tim just came out with a nice video today about the Class A and Bieber deal. And Tim, that you know, Tim, he did a lot of the that type of stuff for Dodgers Nation forever. So he's really sharp on those situations. So definitely go check out that video. 
Really great video. It's like five minutes, too, so it doesn't take a whole lot of time of your life, and he gives a really great take on that. I won't give away any of the spoilers, but definitely check that out over at Dodgers 2080. I know that Mike is actually a – if I can find Mike here, right here, okay, he, I'm going to make – right. he is actually a, uh, a moderator for Dodgers – uh for dodgers 2080 so uh he's he's now a moderator for dodgers daily as well to add to everything else he does so thank you again mike so let's get back to some more comments here okay we've already talked about josh Hader. Uh, we've already talked about the 26 year old prospects okay this is from chan lu what about moving shota imanaga to the bullpen sign robert stevenson or jordan hicks both close games but dodgers need to win who will the setup man be P.S. If Stevenson, Robert, Jordan Hicks can't close game. Yeah, I, th- I think those could be all options. I have not heard about Imanaga potentially being a bullpen piece. I think they could be strategic with how they do that. I just I just haven't seen enough into Imanaga to see if he's an option for the bullpen. Some of the other guys that you mentioned with Stevenson and with Jordan Hicks, I think going after a reliever in the free agent for like a one or two year deal. I think that is much more of a better option because I think that provides you with a little bit more flexibility long-term than a guy with a Josh Hader. Uh, But with Eamon Aga, I think he probably, especially if he's looking, he's on free agent right now. I'm going to guess that he probably would prefer to be in the starting Mm -hmm. rotation. Uh, And so he has his choice of 30 different clubs, however many clubs actually want to sign him, uh, to be able to sign some sort of deal. So my guess is that would probably come up if the Dodgers are like, yeah, we're probably going to use you in a bullpen-type role. And I also don't know if the Dodgers would pay the cost to get a Shota Imanaga if he's going to pitch in the bullpen. Would they, yeah, would they, would they fork out that cost for a bullpen piece would be the question. Yeah, it, it certainly is an option, and you could u- utilize him in strategic ways like a piggyback-type role. I think there are different options that you can have. I don't think he has to start the first couple of innings, but I think he's going to be a guy who can be a bulk-type pitcher, like a starter. So with Imanaga, I'm going to guess that probably wouldn't be an option mm-hmm. just because Imanaga just would have the ability to ask clubs about his role and he would be yeah. able to decide. He probably would prioritize a starting pitcher. I think with the other two bullpen options, I think those are different possibilities. Jordan Hicks, flamethrower out of the bullpen could be another guy. The bullpen is fairly crowded, as we had mentioned in the show right now, so I don't know if that is the greatest need. But if you're able to get a good deal out of that, certainly more bullpen help won't hurt at all. Even Aug is a starter, Class A is a reliever. Which one has more value? Uh, I would say starting pitchers typically yeah. have more value. They provide more length, and so I would lean towards starting pitcher. Mikey, good evening. He says, well, blank. Casey, I guess I understand the human element. I, too, was super fond of Hank Conger years ago just because he is from my community. Yep. When you're around these guys, you get super attached to them. And, again, until they make the major leagues, you're rooting for them like hell, man. Because the difference between being a career uh, minor leaguer versus being a career major leaguer is life-changing. So you are definitely become a big fan of that. Hey, the Damino, good evening. Rays made former Tigers prospect Isaac Paredes and Willie Adamas into basically household names. Pepio and DeLuca will be just fine. Asbo Glass now, I don't know about Margot, though. Yeah, that's that was the big question mark for all Dodgers fan fans in that trade. And Johnny DeLuca, we've gone over him. 
He is very, very good. At least he has been at the minor league level, and he held his own very well at the major league level for the time he was here. Hey, we got the super chat working. That is correct. The Damino just got that last week. It took forever. I don't know why. YouTube, they kept giving me the same error, and there's no human being to talk to with YouTube. So you keep sending the same message. They keep sending the same message back because it's like you're talking to a robot. But eventually, somehow, it got through, so super excited about that. Dan Inspiration, thank you so much for joining. Giolito is off the board. Yep. So I want Lazardo. We can give Cartaya and Atlanta Knack for Lazardo. Would that work? I don't think that would be enough. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be enough. Late Jesus Lazardo, because he has three years of control and because the past couple of seasons have been really good and because there's not a ton of left-handed starting pitcher, especially really good left-handed starter pitcher out there and with Lazardo, you wouldn't be giving a long-term deal like you would be giving a Jordan Montgomery or a Blake Snell. Jesus Lazardo is incredibly valuable, giving up Diego Cartaya, who it's coming off a little bit of a down year. Teams might be concerned about that. And a Landon Knack, who is very talented. Um, I don't think that is enough to get Jesus Lazardo. I think you need to add a couple of other pieces, maybe two other pieces in there. And I think with where Miami is right now, they would be looking to try to accommodate, fill those innings back up, and probably add some sort of bat. It seems like they're always in need of some sort of bat. Maybe you could throw in a Bush or Vargas major league level bat and another starting pitcher. I think that could get the conversation rolling with Jesus Lazardo. Yep. Young Yi says cease, and this is going to sound weird because it, you would think that, hey, let's get the best player we can always at every point. But at this point, again, I think that's almost overkill. And the reason why it's overkill is because you don't necessarily need that type of guy. You already have your top end guys. What you actually need now is just innings eaten, and then you need flexibility for next year. That's just kind of where I'm at. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, I don't think superpower hurts, but you yeah. don't have to go down that route. I yeah. think if you get – Dylan sees you get a Corbin Burns right now just to add to that mix, especially with some debate as far as how well these guys are going to stay healthy with Walker Buehler. How is he going to come back with Tyler Glass? Now is he going to be able to stay the length of the innings? There is question marks right now. So there is a very good argument to say go after another top end of the rotation yeah. type starter because you might need him. Are there right any one-year guys you could – yeah, Corbin Burns would be that guy, wouldn't he? Cease. Corbin Cease Burns would, would be, be one. the one-year guy. Cease would be, what, two years, okay. I believe? Yeah, that'd be all right. I think he's got two years. And so there would be a little bit of flexibility in there as well. That They very well still could go after a starting pitcher in the trade market because they need one. And if you're going to go get a starting pitcher, might as well get a good one. There's a very good argument for that. Probably wouldn't be able to use that. So you'd be looking at maybe like a Tommy Pham for the outfield yeah. or somebody like that on a shorter-term deal. And as far as adding to your lineup. So there's question marks right now as far as what they're going to do. I wouldn't rule out the possibility, though, of getting a starting pitcher through trade right now. The, the advantage of getting it through trade is that you can find the guy that has the contract that you like the most, right? So, I mean, I think at this particular point, that's going to be every bit as value, valuable to the Dodgers as who the guy actually is on the field because they've already gotten Yamamoto glass now and they're getting Walker Buehler back and they have Bobby Miller. I know that sounds weird, but I, I really think that's where the Dodgers are at right now to where they would value 
the contract more than they would what the guy is on the field. I, I think that makes take, sense. I think that makes sense, especially with looking for the future. If you want to go after Sasaki, you have to leave a role right. for him as well with Shohei Otani being a starting pitcher next year. It's it also you have to think multiple years with these deals as well. Dodgers have done a great job, especially with that Shohei Otani. That's such a blessing to be able to do that because that provides you with flexibility. You have to both think about the short term, which is the most important because you want to win a World Series. You have to win a World Series with the contracts that you're giving out with the superstar team that you have right now. You also have to think about next year's team as well in order what's going to give you the flexibility to, especially during this early years when you're in the prime of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, what's going to be best for those teams and give you the best opportunity to win one World Series and multiple World Series during this stretch. TN says, Arroz Arena, Frasso, Nack, Bush, Cartaya for Arroz Arena. Send it. I would do it. I'd do it in a second. I would do it yeah. in a second. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, the question the question for that is, is Tampa Bay willing to trade Randy well, Rosarena right now? Man. And if are they in a position to – because right now they're not in a position to where they have to trade him at all. Or they might not even consider a trade with Randy yeah, Rosarena. Can, can you turn down Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, Michael Bush, Diego Cartai? I do think they're going to have to add one of the lower in minor league big prospects like a rain Don cone to that. I think they would have, or a Wilman Diaz or, or a Yainer Fernandez or one of the, you know, one of the top 30 rate prospects that are at your lower level minor league teams right now. I think you'd have to add a guy to that trade package, but if you're Tampa Bay, man, how do you turn down Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, Michael Bush, Diego Cartaya and rain Don cone. There's yeah, no one be- person. I mean, they win that trade as far as value. I don't. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, they definitely would win that trade if that value package presents itself. The question is, do they have roles in their own roster, and do they believe that those guys are going to give themselves the best ability? Added Frosso and Pepio from the Dodgers well. to your rotation. That's a pretty good haul. Oh, that's a very good haul. I think we also have to remember that Tampa Bay is really good at developing players Mm -hmm. as well. So they certainly have guys that they are really excited about as well. I think Nick Frasso would be amazing in that mix, and he would find a way to pitch for the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think there's any sort of doubt in that. Um, That comes to the question as far as what the Tampa Bay Rays think. They know that Randy Orozarena is going to be a difference maker. They're going to trade him probably at some point, whether that is this season, next season, the year after that, because it's going to be impossible for Tampa Bay to be able to keep him. At least history seems to indicate that. Um, question is, are they willing to trade Randy Rosarena right now, or is it going to take a ridiculous overpay like that? Or are they going to try to go after a Josue De Paula type guy from the Los Angeles Dodgers oh, yeah. or Dalton <laughs> rushing? Because they, they might be worried about their 40 man roster situation as well. They might be, have a lot of guys on their 40 man roster to where they might Dodgers would ha- might have to give up guys off of their 40 man roster with a ton of talent. There's a lot of questions, and you also have to think about this, not just from the Dodgers' perspective, but also from the Rays' perspective in trades because it has to be, at least in the time being, a win-win for both sides. Mm -hmm. That's also why the Dodgers, I think, it would make more sense to trade Cartaya than rushing because he's on your 40-man, and that gives you that flexibility of of 
not uh, of removing one person again from the 40 man. So if you traded away Frasso, Knack, Cartaya, Bush, and see, Frasso, Knack, Bush, Cartaya, that's four guys off your 40 man roster. That's adding a whole lot of flexibility. Plus, keep in mind, TN, you're going to add even more flexibility in spring training when you start putting guys on the 60 day. So, uh, you would talk about adding a whole ton of flexibility from that perspective. Yeah, I will just make one point right now. Tampa Bay, I haven't done a deep dive into Tampa Bay's roster. Their 40-man roster is full right now yeah. at 40. So yeah. that might be a sticking point for yeah. Tampa Bay. It'd be great for the Dodgers to free up some space with that. For Tampa Bay, is that the best position for them? You have to address that. I haven't done a deep dive to see if there's guys on there that they might want, might not be interested in. I don't know. So they if would that's want the rushing. Case, <laughs> oh, they would want all yeah, guys they, that aren't would, on the forty man. <laughs> yeah, they would probably prefer like a rushing and river riot. Yes. Dude, guys who aren't on the forty <laughs> man, and that would just sweeten the deal for them. Yeah, rushing. I tell you, man, that that make <laughs> Cartaya too. Don't get me wrong, but you know, hey, yeah. to get in a Rose Arena or somebody like that, it's going to take a a haul to where <clears throat> everybody in the Dodgers organization is going to be like. <laughs> I can't believe we're giving up these. This, let me go throw up, please. Right? It's going to take that type of package to send back. So that's why it's unlikely, but it's fun to talk about, right? Okay, so let's oh, keep yeah, going. Yang Yi, one middle of the rotation, two lockdown closer. Yeah, that's that is definitely a a, a kind of a, a theme. Around. I did a poll on Twitter the other day, and Dodgers fans wanted the Class A Bieber more than they wanted the uh, uh, Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, and then. Oh, uh, who's the pitcher for Bednar? Uh, yeah, Bednar. Yeah, yeah. So they they actually wanted the the Class A and Bieber package over over the Bednar and Reynolds package. So that was I thought that was kind of interesting. So that's where Dodge, at least the ones that follow Dodgers daily, that's where they come down on that. Okay, John Cozy says that better off trading Bush and keeping Vargas. Bush's block and Vargas can play more. Uh, yeah, I made that point earlier. That's why I think you trade Bush instead of Vargas because Vargas can play both the infield and the outfield. He's a better outfielder than Michael Bush. It's not even close. Nobody has tooted Michael Horn's, Michael Bush's horn more than I have, Austin, right? Okay, and I'm telling you right now, Miguel Vargas is a way better outfielder than Michael Bush. I think if you ask Michael Bush, he would probably say, well, hell yeah, Michael Miguel's a way better outfielder than I am, right? That is 100% correct, John. That, that That's why you would trade uh, Michael Bush instead of Vargas for that very reason. Bush deserves to go somewhere he can play. 100%. Don't waste our prospects on a reliever. I'm on that train, too. I've been saying get, get get the outfielder with your prospects. That's what I've been saying for a long time now. Okay, LC, let's get Randy. Yeah, Jay says, I'd rather keep Vargas as well. I really think his hand injury kept him from getting a fair shot. Totally agree. And then it gets into your head. Then all of a sudden, you're going around the ball. Next thing you know, man, you're shot, right? Vargas J says will be a star. TN says Hader is the surest bet when it comes to a reliever. No doubt about that. Jay says May would be a great closer. Totally agree. I think Dustin May in that 99 mile an hour two seam would be awesome in a closer role. Yeah, and I think that could be a role that he transitions to, especially if a lot of these younger guys start to fill in the rotation spots or you go after and get a Shota Imanaga 
or however they want to fill out their rotation if it seems to be crowded out for a Dustin May. And perhaps Dustin May is better suited in a relief role in some of the shorter outings just to keep with some of his health. Uh, You want to make sure that he's healthy because when he's on the mound, there's very few pitchers who are better than him. You want to make sure that he's in a position where he's best suited to be on the field. So I think putting him in a relief position – putting him towards the back end of the bullpen would be absolutely nasty. Yep, no doubt. Good evening, Deuce. Thanks for joining. Deuce says, dodged a bull with that Giolito contract. No doubt. Anything over one year, $10 million for Giolito, Dodgers weren't even in consider. So, no doubt about that. Yeah, I think two years, and this is something we talked about during the last show, Don't wouldn't really give two years because that's going to block your ability to get to some of the young guys if one of them breaks out during next season. I think I'm happy for Lucas Giolito. He got yeah. his contract. He got some money in Boston, but he's the Dodgers, because they're in a area of wants as opposed to needs, can now pivot to another direction. So happy for Giolito. He's not going to be a Los Angeles Dodger, though, at least – for the next two seasons. Giolito only made sense if it was on the Dodgers' terms. Strictly on the Dodgers' terms. One year, $10 million, throw it out there. If he just wants to be a Dodger that bad and come back home to Southern California, let's do it. If not, see ya. In which, that's kind of what the Dodgers did. So totally there with you on Deuce. And I know Deuce is really big on giving these young prospects all of those innings at the back end. I am totally on board with that as well. I just hope the Dodgers do it and they stick with it. That's all I'm saying. Jay says, I agree with you, Orlando, about let's see what we got and fill in those needs at the deadline. Good evening, Orlando. That is a great point. Again, we we, we love this offseason. We want to see it come to the, the perfect ending with the outfielder and, uh, you know, whatever, maybe a close or whatever you think the Dodgers have left. But, again, Dodgers are in a position to want – don't have to do anything until July 30th or 31st. How many days are on July, right? Yeah, it was 31 days yeah, in okay. July. Okay, so you don't have to do anything until then. So that's a great, great point, and good evening, Orlando. Okay, Benji, how does Yarbrough fit with the rotation strictly as a reliever now? Okay, Benji, so here's what's going to happen. The Dodgers are going to have a quasi-six-man rotation. It's not going to be a six-man rotation in the sense that here's our six starters. It's going to be a six-man rotation in the sense that you have five starters. Most likely, that's going to be Yamamoto, Glasnow, Miller, Bueller, and Sheehan. Those are your five starters, right, as of right now. And then they're going to have a quasi-six starter that's going to rotate between Yarbrough, Frasso, Knack, maybe a Michael Grove, and then between the and Kyle Hurt. Between those five guys then they also can give Tyler Glass now a start off. Or maybe it could be Clayton Kershaw too. Or they can give Walker Bueller the time that he needs to to get healthy. So you're, you're not going to have a six-man rotation in the sense that here's our six starters. You are going to have a five-man rotation with a sixth spot, I think, quite a few of the times throughout the season. Did I explain that properly? Yeah, I th- I- 
Yeah, no, I think you could see these guys, instead of pitching every five days, you could potentially see them pitching every six days yeah. or so, with that sixth day being filled in with a guy like a Ryan Yarbrough who can provide some length in a bullpen-type day. He can get you three, maybe four innings. I don't expect him to be a starting pitcher or in the rotation for the Los Angeles Dodgers full-time at the start of the season, unless they want to give Bueller some time off at the start of the season, and they don't want to rush up a lot of these young guys, and they don't get a free agent or trade for another starting pitcher. There's a lot of things that have to go right to get Ryan Yarbrough to be a consistent starter, but that doesn't mean that he isn't going to have a role on this team. He can provide some length. He's going to help bridge the gap, and he's going to pitch some very important innings to make sure the rest of the guys on staff remain healthy throughout the season. I think that is the role that Ryan Yarbrough is going to fill. Yeah, and Jay says Kyle Hurt is exciting. Well, here he is on the screen. That fastball right there is absolutely exciting. The strikeouts up stuff. John Cozy says we need an innings eater. Bieber isn't that guy, by the way. He's an injury waiting to happen. Yeah, Paul says, Paul Charles, good evening. Paul, uh, Paul thank you so much for joining we have a couple more minutes here. We're going to try to get through all these comments. Hey, guys, I think Randy Rosarina or Luis Robert Jr. at the trade deadline, yes, both very, very, very expensive. Maybe less expensive at the trade deadline because they're closer to the end of their contract, especially maybe a Luis Robert. Okay, the Damino says Gustin Ver- Varlander. <laughs> I think that's, I think, yeah. Okay, Mike Mike says, we do not need a closer. Dodgers need to get a corner outfielder who can hit. Totally agree with that. I am totally on, Mike and I are totally incongruent on that. No doubt about it. Paul says, love to have Lazardo, but I know the hall of picks would be a lot. Yeah, no, it would be a big haul to get Lazardo. No doubt about that. Benji agrees that we need a corner outfielder, not a closer. Jay says, we currently have three left-handed pitchers on the 40-man. Yes, and they're all... They're all, well, two of them are strictly relief, and then Yarbrough can be either way. So, well, yeah, but then you have Alec Gamboa and John Rooney, who I think would be probably, I think Alec Gamboa will get added to the 40-man in spring training whenever you put Dustin May and Tony Gonson on the 60-day. I th- Unless you fill that with some kind of uh, free agent that you need to put on there or a Clayton Kershaw and somebody else. But I think Alec Gamboa, who is a lefty, I think he's the first guy, the next guy to get put on that 40-man. Yeah, I think he is very, very close, and he is an injury or they need to fill a spot on the 40-man. Remember, they don't have to have the 40-man be at 40-man, but I think at some point throughout the season, you're going to see Alec Gamboa get the call-up, get an opportunity at the for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't know how long that opportunity is going to be. I hope it's for an extended period of time so then he has an ability to get acclimated. He is very talented. I think you're going to see him at some point in 2024 for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yep. Benji says, cannot wait for the prospect vid again next week. It's going to be the Dodgers' top 10 prospects. Going to be super excited about that. Deuce says, I'd give Ryu a one-year deal. That makes a lot of sense. That fills a lot of holes for the Dodgers. Yeah, that is an option right now to get an old friend for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Hung Jin Ryu, to get a one-year deal out of him. I'm not expecting any sort of electric stuff. He's an he came off of, I believe, Tommy John surgeries for, uh, in 2022. Uh, so we're not expecting any sort of exciting stuff, but he could fill a role as an innings eater. He could fill a role as some type of veteran. 
and be able to fill into this roster, be a left-handed pitcher, pitch some innings. I think that's the type of pitcher, if you want to go to the free agency route, that I would anticipate the Dodgers turning to a pitcher like a Hung Jin Ryu. He certainly is an option. Yeah, I love J.D. Martinez's bat. Paul says, what do you think about J.D. Martinez if Otani could play the outfield? That's not I, – I don't I don't see any scenario where J.D. Martinez is back with the Dodgers. Yes or no, Austin? Yeah, I don't see any scenario. And I think you want to – you also want to make sure that Shohei Otani and his arm is healthy too. So I don't know if playing the outfield would be the smartest thing because you want to make sure that his arm will be healthy for yeah, 2025 right. for him to be able to pitch too. And with J.D. Martinez, I mean, I guess you could try to see if he can stick out there in the outfield, but there's also no alternative. And I see J.D. Martinez as a strictly designated yeah. hitter. Shohei Otani fills that role, fills the role really nice. I think J.D. Martinez is going to get a good deal signing elsewhere than the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mm-hmm. do not anticipate him for as good as he was in 2023 for the Dodgers and as good as a hitter has he get, as he has been. I don't anticipate him returning in the future for the Dodgers. I think he had the one-year deal really good. Mm-hmm. Now that they have Shohei, there's just not any room for him. Great idea, Paul. I would love to keep J.D. Martinez a stick to but I would hate to risk putting Otani out there and blowing that arm out with as much as he's going to mean to this Dodgers team. That would be a big risk, but hey, if you did do if you did pick up JD Martinez, it would be on that premises that that premise that you would probably move Otani out there when he's ready, but that would be a big risk. That's what Matty Man Five Dodge is saying. Hey Matty Man Five Dodge, thank you so much for joining every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. He's saying, yeah, not uh, it would be risky to throw him out there. You'd be risking injury. John Cosy says uh, it would with JD. Okay, he's going to get a nice contract to play every day. Yeah, no doubt. Besides, Otani won't even be an option in the outfield. No doubt. Charlie Dodger. Good evening, Charlie Dodger. Thank you so much for joining. Otani had surgery. I don't think they want him throwing at all. So no left field. I would agree with that. Mike, uh, one of our our residential catcher and one of our great contributors to Dodgers Daily and our moderator here for the chat. No more reclamation projects. We have been on that bandwagon forever. Use your prospects instead of reclamations. We are in a new era of Dodger baseball. Sign quality players to win in October. 100%, and that's what they have done so far, and I love it. TN says, yeah, we have so many older prospects. Play them. We will still win 100 games. Totally agree. You have time to play them because you're going to win 100 games because you are that talented. Benji says, all in, baby. Yeah, no doubt. Deuce, Sheehan is better than Giolito. Totally agree, Deuce. I, I totally agree. I just hope that the Dodgers stick to their guns. Their young guns, as Benji says here. Charlie Dodgers, Sheehan over a journeyman prospect a project. Hey, man, I love it. Dodgers fans, I love it. Dodgers fans are starting to lean towards the Emmett Sheehan's over the Lance Lens. I love it. This time last yeah. year, I'm not sure Dodgers fans thought that. I love it. Yeah, and I think that has to go to how awesome was it to see James Altman and Bobby Miller become key yes. contributors for the Los Angeles and Dodgers. And Ryan Pepio. That only, that last, this time last year, there was concern about, especially with James Altman, about him getting his opportunity. That only came when they got sustained playing time at the big league level. Now they are incredibly valuable pieces for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We believe that can happen with a lot of these guys in the farm system, which is why we try to for the Dodgers to be able to trust that, to be able to trust with the farm system that they spend so much time working on developing, coaching. When they are given these opportunities, we believe that they can succeed and 
Dodgers fans right now, James Altman, Bobby Miller, household names, really important and really key pieces to this team. Who's going to be that in 2024 for the Dodgers? I think that's exciting mm-hmm. because I think there has to be a couple of guys that are like that for the Dodgers in order for them to have sustained success. So I'm hoping that the Dodgers give a lot of these guys opportunities, like a lot of people in the crowd are coming around to awesome. a little bit or have been there for quite a while. I know there's a lot of them who have been working on trying to promote these prospects as well. I think you have to give these guys opportunities though for them to be able to turn into James Altman or turn into Bobby Miller, the next James Altman, next Bobby Miller. And I think these guys in the farm system have the talent Mm -hmm. to be able to turn into that. No doubt. We're going to get through these comments. This has been our mailbag session and we've had a wonderful crowd. We've had a great super chat. We are going to get through every comment, whatever it takes to do that. Because these comments have been fire tonight, Austin. They have been simply oh, yeah. fantastic. If you, if you keep commenting, we'll be here all night. So <laughs> go ahead and keep commenting. Okay, I'd rather have Dustin May back healthy and trade Grove. Yep, that, yeah, Dustin May. Grove stuff plays up pretty well in the bullpen, but I think Dustin May stuff in a bullpen scenario would play up huge. Matty Man 5 Dodge, well, using Lennon Kirsch didn't work so well in the playoffs. No doubt. Daryl Jackson. Daryl, another wonderful baseball mind. I'd rather play some of the young guys. Hey. Man, this is getting me pumped up, Austin, that Dodgers fans are coming around to thinking that way. That is so exciting. Aaron Vaughn, thank you so much for joining. Aaron, hi, Casey. Hi, Austin. This is funny. I was just literally listening to your latest episode on Spotify. Now I'm here. LOL. How about that? Thank you so much for joining, Aaron. Thank you so much for the comment, Tian. I'd rather get Hater than another starting pitcher. Yes, uh, because you have Sheehan and, and Kyle Hurt and all those guys that you could put in a starting role. John says also that Hater wants too much. Matty Man 5 Dodge said Hater's a bad clubhouse guy. Seems to matter to this team. Hey, culture absolutely matters. I don't know about Hater in the clubhouse, but I know that if he is not an elite human being and a much better person than he is a baseball player, he will not be a Dodger. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with that. And I think there is some serious concern with that, which kind of seems to indicate that the Dodgers might not go that direction Mm -hmm. or it's going to have to be on the Dodgers terms if they go ahead and go to that direction. So I think there is some concern there because the Dodgers really do prioritize culture for the big league club and throughout the minor league system as well. All right. Charlie Dodger. Charlie Dodger was the one that compared Dustin May to Darren Dryford. Great comparison, Charlie Dodger. That's awesome. Rafael Frera, thank you so much for joining, Rafael. Every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday, don't forget to hit that like button. Leave a comment on the regular part of this video. Let's get a Rosarina for whoever they want from our prospects for a fair trade. It's going to take, like this would be the package. Frasso, River Ryan, Diego Cartaya, Rain Don Cone, and then Michael Bush. That's the package. If the Dodgers are willing to do that, I, I think that's where Tampa Bay starts considering trading Randy Rosarina. And actually, I think they get more value out of that than the Dodgers, but the Dodgers get a left fielder that can help them win multiple World Series. So from that perspective, it becomes a win-win. Yang Yi says, I would, I would say, I would say with that, I would say that the Rays probably would push for Josue de Paula. They Just wouldn't get honest. him. They, they and that is where the question becomes. I think that's that's what their push is going to be. They're going to look for guys off of the forty, or at least some guys off of the forty man, as well as Michael Bush and a forty man roster pitcher. So it's going to take a serious haul to get Randy Rosarena yep. because 
the dot because the Rays are not in a position to where they have to trade them and their 40-man roster is full right now. See, I actually agree with Deuce. This narrative the Dodgers need an innings eater is bogus. She and Frasso, Stone, Knack, and Ryan can eat plenty of innings. I totally agree with that. My only hesitation, again, is will the Dodgers on a team with Shohei Otani that has this many expectations, if those guys start struggling just a touch, will they stick with that? Or will they revert to going and get a quad A veteran and throwing him out there and keeping these guys. Now all these guys are actually pitching in Oklahoma City because they because they had a couple of bad outings. That's my I totally agree with what Deuce is saying. As long as the Dodgers committed them through the good and the bad, I think Deuce is one hundred percent correct. To Motley Young Guns, repeat of last year audition. All these emerging guys through the first half, if we lose a couple extra games, it's worth getting answers. What if we hit 50-plus percentage again on the auditions, it is worth it. Great point. You're not going to hit above 50% on your reclamations, right? For every Max Muncy, there's a Lance Lynn and a Noah Syndergaard, right? So if you hit 50% on your prospects, that is a win for the Dodgers, like they did last year. Miguel Vargas didn't work out, but James Outman, uh, Ryan Pepio, and Bobby Miller did. Yeah, no, that that is a really good point. And the bon- benefit about the prospects as opposed to the reclamation project. If the reclamation project hits, they're gone next season because they're yeah, going to sign right. a really good deal. If the prospect hits, you have them for five or six more seasons. So getting to know if some of these guys, even if just a couple of these guys are able to stick at the big league level, would be something that would be very valuable for the Dodgers in the long term as opposed to, in addition to the short term. There's a lot of upside with trusting a lot of these prospects. Okay, TN says they need to trade some of these guys. Jay says Roki Sasaki coming next year too. That's why I keep saying you need flexibility. You, you can't go see, even if it's a guy that's a really good pitcher, you can't go get a guy with five year contract because you need the, the flexibility to, to bring back a Bueller and, and maybe you sign a Kershaw to a two year contract and then Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin's back and then you go get a rookie Sasaki. Then all these young prospects aren't rookies anymore, right? So you're going to need some flexibility next year. Totally agree with that. Uh, Mike says, I wouldn't get Shota. Mike would know. Mike is the prospects. He is absolutely the, the guy that knows all about these prospects. So if Mike says, I wouldn't get Shota, listen to Mike. He knows. I would pick up a one-year deal for another three or four starter. Dodgers should wait for Roki Sasaki next year. There you go. That's the guy that would know. There's Mike. Uh, will Smith needs to learn Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Jason Soretti says, good evening, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining we, we've already talked to jason earlier with the super chat thank you so much for that mikey kim says roki sasaki is 22 now he won't be subjected to international free agency rules and he would come in as a rookie with a rookie salary yes aaron vaughn okay um casey austin never seen this river ryan pitch but i'm getting hyped hearing all the stuff about him can you guys give me a realistic major league of who he reminds you of how about a comparison for kyle hurt he's your typical high riding four seam guy that, that can reach almost 100, the slider, the changeup, and the, the curveball that he can flip it every now and then. Really, he would compare uh, closer to more of what you see with the, Dod- the the young Dodgers guy. He's kind of a Dustin May, but in a smaller type body with that type of, of delivery and that type of, uh, of, of high. Matter of fact, uh, when we do the top prospects, he's going to be, we're going to, we're going to, we'll, I'll wait and, and we'll do it probably a five-minute segment on him next week 
with our prospect video we're going to drop. So that is a great question, and we will actually absolutely give you the perfect Major League comparison for him in that video. So be looking out for that next week. Paul Churl said, I think the Dodgers will extend Will Smith. Yes, Deuce, I'm sure we could find a Japanese backup catcher that's better than Barnes. Yes, that has been a hot-button topic, and I can see both ways. You know, I'd be okay if Japan was a minor league talent country. Yes, for the Dodgers. So how healthy is Walker Bueller? I think he, I saw him in Oklahoma City with my own eyes. I think he's perfectly healthy. I think he could have pitched last year, but I think he didn't because this year is a contract year for him. Charlie Dodger Bush says uh, Bush plays or he needs to be traded. No doubt about that. Deuce, nothing more than a one-year deal for a free agent pitcher. 100% Mikey since we already spent our yens on a Yama. I think the money could be saved until another season. That's a good point. Hep C, good evening. Hepatitis C, see you later. Wow, if the Dodgers are actually in on Shota, it would be unreal. Charlie Dodger, another starter for the purpose of saving innings for October. That's That would be the point to manage the bullpen and map or man, map the, the starting rotation to maximize them for the playoffs. Only difference is that Dreifert could hit. Yeah, no doubt. There's no room for Vargas or Bush to play, says Victor Fuentes. Good evening, Victor. Jay says Yamamoto's agent said they're going to bring his conditioning guru, uh, Yada Sensei, over to the U.S. Wow. Paul says Dodgers have a lot of great young players. No doubt about that. you got to trade some of them. Okay, so we're going to get down to the end here. We have another super chat right here. Jason Ceretti. I love the kids. Fill out the roster. Thank you. No, we've already done that one. Okay, there's Mike's super chat, and we're going to go down to the end here, and we are going to get out of here. Okay, Mr. Seabad, good evening. Okay, Mr. Seabad, breaking news, Lance Lynn just gave up another home run. Yeah. Okay, Jose Becerra Friedman is going to fill the left field spot with someone no one is talking about. Yeah, they do that a lot. Okay, Don Denson says Turner comes back for a defensive third baseman. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Okay, so, um, all right, hepatitis C. This is last the last comment of the night, and we got to get out of here, Austin. Dodgers got an embarrassment of riches all around. Still have Gonsolin and May coming back in 2025, still adding more pitching and right now and plenty of pitching prospects. No doubt about that. So, boy, we didn't get to every oh, – no, here's Jay right here. I'm old enough to remember all the Dodgers rookie of the years we had. I love the info Casey provides on the prospects. Thank you so much, Jay. I hope you enjoyed the two prospect videos we put out this week. They were super fun for us. The pitchers will have an ETA for next year. And then also the most underrated prospects that aren't on the top 30 prospects list. Next week, we're going for the jugular. Top th top 10 prospects in the Dodgers organization. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. Austin, final thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah, I'm really glad that you enjoyed the prospect videos as well. We will be getting to more of the names even outside the top 30 as well because there's a ton of guys in this system that perhaps you have never heard of that have a ton of talent. And I know when we were coming up with the list that we, for the video that we did yesterday, there were some guys on there that I know I wanted to talk about that didn't get to get mentioned. I'm sure there's guys that Casey talked about that didn't wanted to do that didn't get mentioned as well we will do more videos on the prospects as well right now is it an, it is a very exciting time as one of the most recent comments said the Dodgers have an embarrassment of riches and there's so much it's something that I talk about quite a bit so much to be grateful for for the Los Angeles Dodgers um, there is a lot to be excited about a lot of different areas that the Dodgers can move 
in the future. So it's going to be fun. We, Casey and I will be here to continue to discuss this as the offseason progresses. This offseason is not over. It is getting closer. We are about to turn the page to 2024, which means 2024 will be here in 2024. Hopefully will be the year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. No doubt about that. We want to thank everybody. We had a wonderful lobby night. Friday nights sometimes are tough. And so we want to thank you for spending your Friday evening with us talking, talking Dodgers baseball. So until next time, we want to thank you again for, for everything that you do, for the great, for the great support that you gave us tonight, the great chat, and say go Dodgers.